0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi everyone. Here's the deal. I'm going out of town tomorrow, Saturday, so I'm recording this Friday night. I'm really tired and this week's episode sucked. I thought about just skipping because I'm going out of town, but I didn't want to do that. So I'm going to do a recap, but it's probably going to be a short and quick episode, like Just a fair warning, although I guess you see it on your app. I don't honestly don't think there's gonna be an hour's worth of content to talk about. I like I said, I don't understand why Teen Mom did two episodes last week when both of the episodes were pretty interesting. When this show sucks so bad, (laughs) I'm really, I'm really thinking about not recapping new episodes of Teen Mom OG. But also, here's the thing, if I don't recap, I'm not going to watch them, and it'll be hard to keep up as a scholar of this show, but this show is just so bad, and wouldn't it be better if I just watched Teen Mom 2 Season 1 Episode (laughs) 1, or Teen Mom Season 1 Episode 1? I don't know. I'm not, I learned last season, like, realistically, I was, on when I was talking about, like, Recapping an old episode and a new episode for Teen Mom 2, like, that's not realistic. I just don't have the time to take notes for two shows every single week. It's just not, it's not a thing that I'm going to do for this podcast. I wish I, like, didn't have a job and I could do that, but unfortunately, you know, job, yoga, life, etc., etc. So, I'm not going to do that. But this show is, like, really bad, and there's... It's not just that it's bad. There's, like, nothing interesting to talk about because they're not... Unlike at least T-Mom, too, like, there's not a lot of offline drama going on. I don't care about anything having to do with Cheyenne and Corey. Like, I don't want to see them anywhere on T-Mom. I don't care about any of their offline drama. I just don't care about them. As far as Amber goes, she's been pretty quiet online. I mean, unless, like, some big arrest happens with Ryan, like... They're all quiet and boring. Kate and Tyler are boring. There's just nothing to talk about with this show. Which is really making me rethink feathers in my hair. Not, like, doing feathers in my hair. I'm going to do that until I don't want to do it. But it's definitely making me rethink, like, the direction of the show. Um, And if I should maybe just, like, ask my dear friend Jess, who watches it on time every week... (laughs) If she thinks that I should recap the episode or not. And if she doesn't, then I just recap an old episode. If she does, recap a new episode. I don't know, guys. I don't know what to do. I also think I'm just, like... I think we hit a peak of Teen Mom Gossip with Janelle getting her... Like, the dog dying. The dog dying. Like, it just died. The dog getting killed by David was really, like... I don't think... Teen Mom drama online can, like, ever go higher than that. And obviously, like, the kids getting taken was huge. But because it was kind of a... All part of the dog dying, I wouldn't kind of list that as, like, a separate incident. And I feel like we're definitely now on a downswing of Teen Mom gossip. Because I think that was just so fucking crazy. (laughs) It was just so crazy. Like, I could not believe we were there. I couldn't believe Janelle got her kids taken. It's just, it was just so much that nothing else happening is really that exciting. I mean, I guess Leah could get pregnant by Jeremy, although I'm pretty sure she's already, they're already like moved on from what they were doing just based on they're not really posting with each other on social media anymore. I'm assuming Chris is going to get, or Kale's going to get pregnant by Chris again if she can figure that out. (laughs) Like, if she can convince him to, or, you know, trick him into it or whatever. I'm pretty sure Kale will get pregnant by Chris again, but, like, how exciting will that be? Oh, Javi and Lauren got engaged this week. Like, that... It's just I don't care. I don't care about Javi and Lauren. They have so little relevancy to the show unless Kale's fucking Javi while he's with Lauren. (laughs) Her ring is ugly. I do not like it. It's a square ring, but you know what? Sammy, sweetheart from... Real, not Real Housewives in New Jersey. Although, I would like to see her on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, bravo, if you're listening. So, Sammy's Sweetheart, the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet from the Jersey Shore, got engaged. And she had this, like, gaudy-ass square ring. With, like, a ring in the middle and then a double halo in a square format. Format. Form. Shape. Shape is the word. And Lauren, I guess, had commented on it, like, Javi, that's what I love. And then Javi got her essentially the same exact ring so like obviously she likes the ring perhaps the hobby for getting Lauren exactly what she wants but them getting engaged mm, doesn't mean anything to me so I think right now I'm just in like a little bit of a team on lol I just you know the gossip like isn't that interesting to me because all anybody's posting about online is just like old memes about Janelle and David being awful and it's like yeah, I fucking know they're awful. Like, we've been knowing they're awful for a long time. The climax of them being awful happened, like, a month and a half ago. I'm bored of this. <laughs> I, I'm i not sure. I'm not sure what needs to happen to, like, really pull me back into... T- I mean, obviously, I'm still reading everything. I'm commenting on stuff. But I'm just... It's just kind of a downswing right now for Teen Mom, with the show not being good and there not being a lot of good... Online drama and online stuff to talk about. Um, obviously, like I said, I'm not gonna stop doing feathers in my hair. Like this rant, if you could call this a rant, this little thing that I'm saying isn't me like canceling feathers in my hair. Just ex- kind of explaining out loud that I feel like I'm at a crossroads a little bit with this show and what exactly to do if this is what Team Mom OG is gonna be all season because there's. T- truly nothing to talk about on this show. Um, And that's it. Thanks for listening. Just kidding. (laughs) What if I put out a six-minute podcast? (laughs) Guys, I know it's going to be a little short. (laughs) Because here's the thing, like, it's not that hard to do a very boring episode if I can talk for 25 minutes at the top about what, like, what's going on that week, you know, because then I can put out, like, a 30 to 40-minute recap and I still have an hour of content. But this week, I'm like yikes, there's like not more than, although now I've been talking for seven minutes, but in my head I was like, wow, I'm going to have to like get right into the episode. (laughs) Like there is not that much to talk about, so I'm not sure what I'm supposed to put out. So yeah, anyway, come to my Instagram, which is feathers underscore pod. If you guys didn't know, I changed the handle of my Instagram because we're doing a little rebranding here on the network. Um, everything for you guys is staying the same, but we're changing some names around, so I wanted to do feathers pod. Feathers underscore pod. So I think if you search for the old name, it doesn't come up because Instagram's garbage. But look for feathers underscore pod. Come, send me a DM. I respond to like all of my DMs. Um let me know what you think. I know there are gonna be people that are like, please recap every episode because I don't want to watch it and I like to listen to your recaps. Or I do watch and I like to listen to your recaps. And I understand and I would probably feel the same way if I was a listener. But as I've said before, it's like hard to put out a podcast every week. And I want to talk about something that I actually care about. And I I hate getting on the mic like I'm doing right now and being like, wow, this is this was bad and there's nothing to talk about because that's not interesting as I do it for eight minutes. Anyway, anyway, let's get into the episode. I guess we'll start with, I guess we'll start with Amber because then we'll segue into Cheyenne. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Okay, that makes sense. So. I, oi. It starts out with Gary, Christina, and Leah playing cards. And Leah's like, my mom texts me to tell me she's in LA. And I was like, I wonder how often Leah and Amber, I bet Leah and Amber like text a lot. (laughs) You know, but like don't talk or see each other that much. They're like those type of friends. Yes, I know Amber's her mom and not her friend, but I think we all know what I mean. (laughs) So uh, Amber's in LA with Andrew and the baby to do some press for the show. Like she's going on E! News and I'm sure she was doing a podcast and whatever she does when she does press. I want to say I am really digging Amber's look this season. Her going softer on her look has done fucking wonders. Like that natural color hair she's doing, the curly hair, the glasses are still a little ridiculous. They're usually way too big for her face. But she's doing a much softer makeup. She's wearing like a softer type of, not a softer type of clothes, but like um, a more, a less try hard. Like she's less, she's trying less with this these outfits, if that makes sense. And in my opinion, she looks really good. Like this is probably the best Amber's ever looked on this show. Um, I think as far as, like, style, Andrew's had a really positive impact on her. Guys, did Andrew gain 100 pounds since last season? Like, not to body shame and weight shame because, like, literally who am I to weight shame? But is it just me? I understand Andrew's – Andrew's always been big. But something in this episode – I think part of it was the haircut – he cut his hair so it's not, like, hiding his face in as much. And he was wearing, like, um, a wide or large-shouldered jacket, you know, like, all episode. He looked ginormous. Like, I think Andrew has always been a very big guy, but he looks way bigger than he ever has. It was like, startling. Um, also, when, at the scene at the beginning of the episode when he, I guess they're talking to the producer... Um, And he's wearing aviator glasses. Like, a couple people sent me this, and they're 100% right. Andrew looked identical to Jim Jones. Like, the Reverend Jim Jones of the People's Temple. Which, by the way, (laughs) in case you guys don't know, Jonestown Massacre is one of my, um, one of, like, a, a true crime case that I know a lot about. It's one of, you know how, you guys know how I, like, know a lot about, like, things that most people... No, Jonestown is obviously very popular. I shouldn't say that most people don't know about, but, like, things that, like, a lot of people walking around on this earth, like, don't need to know about. Kind of, like, the FL, the Fundamentalist Church of the Latter-day Saints or the FLDS is one of my things. Um, I can't think of other things off the top of my head, but you guys know I'm, in like, an FLDS expert, but I'm also, like, a Jonestown Massacre expert. <laughs> I've watched every documentary. I've read every book. I high-key suggest... What is her book called? It's by Julia Julie Shears, who wrote a memoir about herself called Jesus Land, which I'm pretty sure I've suggested on this podcast before. Jesus Land is incredible. It's about a girl, the author, who grew up in Indiana, and her parents adopted two black children in the '60s. Um, they were planning on adopting a white baby; it fell through. They were kind of pressured into adopting two black boys. This is a white family and it goes really badly for everyone and she ends up at one point going to a therapeutic boarding school out of the country the book is incredible Jesus Land high key suggests it great memoir I know I've talked about it on this podcast before because I've had people tell me they read it based off of that but she also wrote a book on the Jonestown Massacre which was so fucking good it was so good hold on I need to get the name of it Okay, it's called A Thousand Lives, and it's by Julie... I don't know how to say her last name. Shears would be my guess. Oh, in case you don't even know what Jonestown is, the Jonestown Massacre is like the the drink-the-Kool-Aid Massacre where a thousand people uh, participated. Not a... Not a thousand people participated, but a thousand people died, with many of them participating in a forced suicide. So really, it was a massacre because none of these... People were really dying by choice. It was. It's a cult. It's, a Thousand Lives is incredible. I also really recommend the book Seductive Poison by... I'm really bad at remembering authors' names, but that's by a woman that was in the People's Temple, and she escaped the church before they had the murders. What is her name? Uh, Deborah Layton. And her brother is actually... Somebody that participated in killing a congressman, and that's what sparked the whole Jonestown murder. There are also a lot of really good documentaries on Jonestown. I just highly suggest it. How the fuck did I get here? Oh, Andrew. Andrew, hi, he looks like Jim Jones. (laughs) Andrew's shady. I'm sorry, guys. He's shady. There's something wrong with him. He and Amber were posting this week about all the day trading that he does which, like, really sends sets off my alarm bells. Um, day trading is, like, something for retirees or you do it as a hobby. Like, not when you don't have a job and you don't seem to have a large source of income and your girlfriend is your only source of income. I would imagine that Andrew's convinced Amber to invest, like, tens of thousands of dollars in his day trading. I think Andrew is different from Matt. In that, I think Matt, I think Matt had, like, an objective goal, which was to get with a reality TV star, get on TV, like, get famous, steal a bunch of money. Like, I think Matt had real goals, and he was, like, a constant grifter. I don't think Andrew is that calculated. I think Andrew is more like a opportunistic grifter in that he met Amber on the show, he saw her being crazy, and then she paid attention to him, and probably offered to fly him out to Indiana, and then he looked around and saw, like, what she was willing to give him, which was, come live in my big, my big, I was gonna say beautiful home, but, like, is it beautiful? I'm sure there's dog shit all over, but come live in my house, like, I'll pay you, you don't have to work, you can write, because, you know, he, like, fancies himself a writer and an artist, and she's like, oh, and I'll, like, I'll, all like i will i i will do everything for you, basically. And I think he was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, I'm all in. Let's do this. (laughs) I don't think Andrew probably sought her out with the intent of this happening. But I think he lucked into it and now is not going to let it go. I also think that Amber probably beats him up off camera. I... (sighs) Guys, I think it's dark. I think it's dark, dark, dark in there. I also think they probably abuse a lot of drugs together. That's just my, my theories. So, uh, Amber wants to meet up with Cheyenne and Corey because after she was like, I'm quitting this show. Corey basically got on social media or gave an interview and was like, I don't really understand why she's bitching because she knows what she signed up for. She signs up for it every year. I don't understand why she's acting shocked. Which Corey and I agree on this. So I did think there was one weird exchange where Andrew was like, Is Corey too scared to meet with you because he knows you'll smack the shit out of him? Like he was so clearly joking. And Amber just was like, Dead ass serious. She goes, "Mm, I wouldn't do that today. Not me now. (laughs) It was so weird because he was so clearly making a joke and if she'd been like oh yeah he's terrified of me he knows I'll beat that ass like we would have just laughed but there was something about her answering it seriously like Andrew was seriously suggesting that she would beat him up and he Amber in her head was like processing that and like considering it and then was like nah I won't do that yikes so Amber is a full day of press and they go up and meet Go and meet up with Andrew's friend in some weird, completely empty, windowless room. I have no fucking idea where they were. And then we get a five-minute scene of them in traffic. We get a timestamp of 5.15, and Amber just wants to get back to her hotel, but we all know L.A. traffic. And then we just, like, get a scene of them driving around in different timestamps to let us know that time has passed talking about how much they need to go to the bathroom. Andrew drinks like a detox tea and then flips out that he needs a bathroom and eventually pulls over and pees at a parking garage. And that's the scene. Guys. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck that was. That was so fucking weird. That was so weird. What was that? Why, why did we watch that? I I was watching that, like, I mean, unless they're, like, shitting their pants in the car, like, bridesmaid style. Like, why would we see that as a scene? What the fuck was that? That made me angry. That was, like, it's time to quit my podcast. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with that. Mm-mm. All right, let me go to Cheyenne, and then I'll uh, work my way back to... Cheyenne, Corey, Amber, and Andrew all meeting up right after a quick break. So Cheyenne met a new guy He lives in Baltimore, but he's in LA a lot. MTV was playing a song while she's explaining this about moving too fast in relationships, which I thought was funny. Um, we see a picture of him. He's not that cute. I think Corey's very cute. But this guy, not that cute. Oh, oh, somebody sent to my Instagram an explanation on the name R. Kyle Lynn, which was a screenshot of something they saw on Reddit, which I didn't see. But apparently R. Kyle Lynn. <laughs> I can't. I guess the dad's name is Kyle, the mom's name is Lynn, and they did the little letter R as like our. So our Basically, like, our daughter, Kyle Lynn. That's sick. That's wild. And it's just wild that she's still going by our Kyle Lynn in 2019, as I've said multiple times. But, yeah, that's apparently the explanation. I don't know, man. I don't know. So, our Kyle and... Uh, Cheyenne talked about this new guy. She says they met while they were out, and he doesn't seem stressed about the baby, but Cheyenne feels like she has a lot of baggage to bring to a relationship. She's like, it's not just me. I have Ryder. I'm filming my life. I'm co-parenting with Corey. I have this big, crazy family. And you know what? Like, she's right. Like, that's a lot of baggage. <laughs> Her sisters like that's not baggage but like that is that's a lot for somebody to walk in on especially like a co-parenting relationship where you were having sex with the co-parent like until a month ago and that's the only reason you stopped is because he got with a new girl and they're like you were just on national tv like talking about your unresolved feelings and how you love him and want to be with him but he doesn't want to be with you <laughs> like it's not just like oh i'm co-parenting my ex like That's messy. That's messy for a guy to get in. I also don't really understand her, like, long-distance dating with someone in Baltimore. That seems like, I don't know, there's not a guy in L.A. to meet. (laughs) It seems like a lot to add to the mix into already complicated situation. Although, I guess, maybe long distance isn't as hard when you, like, don't have a traditional job. (laughs) You can, like, pop from L.A. to Baltimore from, like, a Tuesday to a Friday, you know, and you have no stress on that guess maybe that makes things a little easier because it's my understanding that Cheyenne doesn't have another job right which I mean I guess is fine she's at home with Ryder I would guess Ryder doesn't go to daycare and she does and she's like basically, essentially a stay-at-home mom and then gets probably a decent income from MTV I would guess I would guess Cheyenne and Corey are making the same amount of money and I would bet if the OG girls are getting like 500 a season I bet they're getting like two to three hundred a season like they got a significant chunk of change for going on Teen Mom, I would guess. Um, Especially because they've already been on multiple MTV shows, so MTV doesn't have to do that silly thing where they're like, we're going to pay them what we paid, like with Brianna, what we paid her in the second season. Silly, silly. So they're going to Ryder's first soccer practice game. I mean, she's like literally 18 months old. <laughs> Maybe she's like two. She's very young, so I I don't think it makes a difference if it's a practice or a game. Ryder's first time at soccer is probably the best way to describe that. And she says, like, she's trying to respect Corey's new boundaries with Taylor, but she still wants them to do stuff as a family, which I think is totally fine. And they go to the practice. It's cute. Her whole family's there. Corey's there. And on the way out, she drops her phone and uh, Corey goes to pick it up and he sees a text from Matt and it has an emoji like a kissy face and a tongue and he's like oh who's Matt who's Matt like just giving her shit and okay this is something that I hate about Corey and he did this with Zach a lot with Cheyenne with Zach is that he has this way of talking to Cheyenne when it comes to like the men in her life in a very flirtatious flirtatious manner because he's like oh is that your girl or is that your boyfriend that's your boyfriend like he just does it in a way that makes it so obvious that he's like antagonizing her and I think their relationship is too much like that in general um I think they're trying too hard right now to like be friends and not just co-parenting princess and I have talked a lot about this where they're really into like being best friends but it's like is that healthy if one of you is in love with the other and you guys have had sex recently and et cetera, et cetera. It seems to me like, I don't know, Corey just does this thing where to me it's like it's so obvious he's flirting, he's fucking with her, and I think that's how I would feel if I was Cheyenne. But I do genuinely think Corey is happy as Cheyenne moves on. Although, I don't know. Mm, I actually, okay, I think Corey is probably of two minds of this. I think on one hand... As he, like, tells his friend, he wants shy to move on because then she won't care about him and Taylor. And I think he is, like, genuinely, he doesn't want there to be, like, this roadblock between Taylor and Cheyenne because he wants Taylor around the baby. Um, And Corey is, like, hyper aware of his appearance of being a dad. I mean, since they announced that Corey was Ryder's dad, I still remember, like, somebody posting about that in the old Emotionally Broken Psychos Facebook group. When that came out. And I had no idea who the people were. Because you guys know I don't watch other MTV shows. and But I remember it being like just. It was obviously like very done for social media. If that makes sense. And so I think Corey's like very, very, very serious about. How he comes across as a dad on social media. I think it's now part of his brand. And I think it's been a part of his brand since he found out that he was Ryder's dad. So. I think that he does not want Taylor to become an issue with Cheyenne because he knows Cheyenne will be the one that comes out on top. Like, he understands he's the one in, like, the precarious situation. So I think that he definitely wants Cheyenne to have a new guy because then if she is a new guy, like, Cheyenne theoretically won't care what Corey's doing. But on the other hand, I think Corey is a real fuckboy. I think Corey absolutely wants to be the number one guy in Cheyenne's life. I think he wants all the benefits and the privileges that come from being, like, the number one guy in Cheyenne's life without actually having to commit to her or date her or even maybe have sex with her. I don't know if he cheats on Taylor or not. Um, I believe, just based on what we see on this show and the way that the two of them interact, I would believe, like... I could definitely see him as a cheater and I could definitely see him cheating and I can definitely see him cheating with Cheyenne. Cheyenne doesn't strike me as someone that would give a fuck if Corey's in a relationship is not or not. I can see her like deadpan saying like, well, he's my baby daddy. Like I come first, I win. So I can definitely see the two of them still hooking up. Um, I think that Corey wants Cheyenne to be at his beck and call, but also leave him alone. Which is, like, such a fuckboy thing. I really don't even like the term fuckboy. I try not to say it that often. But I really feel like Corey is the perfect example of one. And when he says, like, yeah, I'm so glad Shy's moved on. Like, I don't think that's necessarily true. And I think we'll be seeing a lot of the same behaviors he did with Zach with this Matt guy. If you guys will remember last season. Was that last season? It feels like years ago. How long have Corey and (laughs) been on this show? Are we in an, did we have an A and a B with Shory? Shory with Corey and Cheyenne? I truly, for the life of me, cannot remember. But I think we're in season 8A now. So did we have an A and a B? I I don't think we did. But if you guys will remember, when Cheyenne was with Zach, Corey would do stuff like (sighs) set them up into fights and when they were at Cheyenne's. Family like Fourth of July barbecue or whatever holiday that was for, um, Corey like went right up to Cheyenne's dad and was like, well, you know, Corey or Cheyenne and Zach are living together, like, and then like stepped away to watch the drama like unfold, and it made life harder for Cheyenne. And I think Corey really likes to do stuff like that, and I think that he will continue to do stuff like that with her new boyfriend. Um, so after this whole confrontation, there is a funny scene where. Her mom's like, how did, how did he know that that was your boyfriend? And she's like, well, I had like a tongue emoji and a kissy face. And her mom's like, that's funny as shit. (laughs) I really like Cheyenne's parents, by the way. Her mom and her stepdad. I liked her dad a lot last season when we saw him, but we don't see him as often. But I really like her family. I think they're good. Like I said, I think Cheyenne and Corey would be really good on their own show. And I think her parents getting a bigger role would be a positive of that. So Corey goes out to meet with a new friend that I'm assuming is like, I assume everyone Corey meets up with this is an MTV person. Because he's like not from LA. So I think that's where all of his LA friends come from. That's another reason I think a Cheyenne and Corey show could be interesting is because Cheyenne is from LA. I believe, I mean, her whole family's there. She's from LA. And I think it'd be interesting to watch someone that's like actually from LA, living in LA. It's just so rare on reality TV and getting to watch her whole family like, interact with Corey, who just moved there not that long ago. Yeah, you guys get it. So, Corey tells the friend who, by the way, had the most disgusting hair. Did you guys realize that? It looked so weird and greasy. Um, he's like, Well, Shy's a new guy, and he, they were both like, That was quick. That was quick. And it's like, First of all, I'm wondering how quick it was because you know, with editing on these shows it's impossible to tell like I know it was last episode that she didn't have a guy and it's this episode that she does have a guy but like in filming time was that one week was it a month also like why does Corey care (laughs) like Corey made it clear that he didn't want to be with her and this is what I mean like if he really didn't care like why would he be talking about it on camera to someone I mean I'm sure MTV told him to but I'm just saying Basically, he feels like now that Cheyenne has a guy that he's hoping Cheyenne would be more willing to meet with Taylor now. Because until Cheyenne meets with Taylor, Ryder can't be around Taylor, I guess is the understanding. And Corey kind of feels like he's in limbo because Taylor can't be, like, totally part of his life. I think I talked about this last week. Apparently, Taylor has, like, a terrible reputation in the MTV world. She spit on someone. I think on X on the Beach. I think I've heard of racist tweets, but I'm not 100% sure. She's just not... She's apparently, like, a villain on the MTV circuit. So, this is when Corey picks up Cheyenne to go meet up with Amber and Andrew. Corey's asking her about Matt. Cheyenne's like, it's not your business. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, it's my business if he's going to be around Ryder. And Cheyenne basically is like... You know what? He's nice, and I think actually you would like him. And she, Cheyenne, then asks how Taylor is, and Corey's like, "She's good." Can you and Taylor talk next week? And I guess she agrees to do it. Uh, he, Cheyenne, says if he asks if he's going to be nice or antagonize Amber, and Corey's like, "Oh, I'm going to antagonize her," <laughs> which he kind of did. So they all go to meet up, and. Corey basically just, like, opens up. He's like, so, did you sign your team mom contract yet? And Amber's like, do you want to play that? And I was like, please have a fight. Please. But, no, they didn't. Amber's basically like, look, I'm going to say something and this is all I'm going to say. Um, yes, like, I know what I signed up for. But, you know... I'm a human and I can only take so much. And Cheyenne even kind of chimes in to defend her where she's like, I mean, how many times? She's like, you know, you have to ask me all the time. Like, you know what you signed up for. Basically, I guess Cheyenne probably will say stuff like, I don't want to put this on the show. And Corey's like, get fucked. You're putting this on the show. You know what you signed up for. That's what I would imagine. But Amber basically says like, look, I understand what I signed up for. I know what I signed up for. But it's just like, year after year after year of online bullying, online bullying, online bullying. And like, sometimes it's just too much. I just can't handle it. And like, I'm just a human. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think what gets me is the editing complaints. Like that's where Amber really loses me when she like complains that all we see her is laying around and being lazy, et cetera, et cetera. When she actually had like her best season ever last year. I understand getting fed up with the hate. I think that's pretty fucking reasonable. But I can't, like... When she goes on and on about um, the haters, it's like, okay, I get it. But when she talks about the editing is where she loses me. Corey says he gets it and says he's sorry. Um, Amber's like, you know, I just really hate the mom comments. And Cheyenne's like, I hate the mom comments. Corey asks Cheyenne if she hates the Taylor comments. And Cheyenne's like... Yeah, it's fucking annoying that they come onto my page and ask me about your girlfriend, which I can imagine sucks. Like, especially, you know, if Cheyenne is still in love with Corey, which I think she is. Like, that must be awful to have like a million people come on your page and it's like, Corey should be with you. You're so much better than her. And it's like, yeah, I feel the same. That would be really hurtful and hard, I think. So, then Corey brings up Tran meeting a guy. Andrew seems key uncomfortable during this whole meeting. Um, Amber's like, that's your boyfriend? And Tran's like, we're courting. <laughs> Which I thought was silly. Amber asks if he's in the industry. And she's like, well, you know, it's just been so much easier with Andrew being in the industry. And I saw some people online be like, boo, Amber, you're not in the industry. But, like, she is. She's a reality TV star. <laughs> I don't understand these people, like, these people as in the people online. Like, their aversion to accepting that these people are celebrities and that they work in the entertainment business and that they're the talent on the TV shows. I know that, like, really upsets people, but I don't I don't really understand why. I personally understand what Amber's saying when she says, like, it's easier to be with someone who gets the industry. Although, you know, thoughts on Andrew side, like... I get what she's saying there. I think it's silly when people pretend like they're just normal people who have, like, the same type of life that I do when it's clearly not and they clearly don't. So I would say that meeting was, like, quite anticlimactic. <laughs> and back to Corinne Cheyenne. So we wrap up her segment with her family talking and Cheyenne says, like, she's going to meet Taylor because it's not about Taylor, it's about Ryder, and her mom says something like, we just want to make sure that he is dating people who share the same values as us, which I think, (sighs) fair enough to an extent, you know, as long as your values are just, like, be a good person, but also, like, you can't control who he dates, and you can't really control who he brings around Ryder, because he gets to make those decisions on his terms, on his time, unfortunately. Cheyenne is like, but is she gonna, like, change my baby's diapers? With, like, this look of horror on her face. And the stepdad's like, yeah, probably. And (laughs) all three women are Kyle Lynn, her mom, and Cheyenne are like, what the fuck? Why would you say that? And it's like, Because Taylor's probably going to change your baby's diapers if they stay together. I mean, like, Ryder will be out of diapers in not too long. But, like, I I didn't really understand why they were mad at Cheyenne's stepdad for saying that that was a possibility. Because that was a possibility, right? (laughs) I don't know, guys. I don't know. Where's Taylor? Why isn't she on this fucking show? Why are we talking about Taylor and we're not seeing Taylor? How are we into another episode where we're... We've said the name Taylor 85 times, but we haven't seen Taylor. I want to see her come and be a villain. Come spice some shit up. I'm ready for this. So, Macy was bitching this week about the edit she got. So, I was pretty surprised by this episode. She said something about how she wishes MTV would show the story that she wants to tell, blah, blah, blah. Of course, Kale responded. Kale Kale wants this to be her HGTV show so badly and it's just not going to be um I figured this week would be like heavy heavy Ryan if Macy was bitching about us never seeing the story she wants to see but like it wasn't at all this was like a Macy centric episode for her frankly kick Macy off the show and let's follow Mackenzie (laughs) I know I'm the only person who has that opinion but I feel deeply about it (laughs) So, Ryan's been in jail for three weeks, and we get a scene of Larry and Jen. I noticed the outside of their house was painted dark. Did you guys notice that? I don't think it was like that last year uh, or ever, obviously. And Larry says he hopes Ryan going to jail humbled him. Jen doesn't see, I don't know. Okay. First, she goes, You know, 90 days isn't that long. And I was like, mm, Jen doesn't seem optimistic. But then she said something like, well, you know, I wasn't crying. I'm just like, this is what it is, and I'm accepting it, and it's not that long. And I was like, oh, she just means, like, it's not that bad of a punishment, and, like, they can deal with it. Um, I was hoping that she meant, like, Ryan needs to go away for longer, but (laughs) I don't think that's what she meant. Um, Mac apparently was the same way, although Larry says that she did have a really bad day. I will say, Larry seems very fond of Mackenzie in a way that Jen doesn't. (laughs) I don't think Jen dislikes Mackenzie. I really, I really don't think that to be true. But I think uh, Larry has, like, a real love in his heart for Mackenzie. And I don't think Jen has that. Which, like, I think makes sense if we think about, like, their family dynamics and the dynamics she has with Ryan. Um, I don't think Jen would ever like deeply love a daughter-in-law at all because I think there's probably some weird emotional boundary issues between Ryan and Jen. I'll I'll use that phrase instead of a more shitty phrase. (sighs) Shitty's not the right word, but I think you guys can guess what I mean. Um, (laughs) Should I just say it? Basically, emotional incest. You should read about it. It's really interesting. It's this. Basically, this concept where a parent uses their child um, as their spouse, essentially, emotionally. And um, that they treat this child like their partner <laughs> and not their child. And I think I can see that being true for Jen and Ryan. Obviously, we never saw like them together when Ryan was really little. And I wouldn't say that's probably their relationship now. But I've read some, like, really interesting articles about when a parent places the burden of that role on a child. It's, like, very damning for them. And it creates really unhealthy relationships, obviously. And I could see that being true. And thus, Jen would never deeply love a daughter-in-law. But I think Larry really, like, deeply loves Mackenzie. He's always sticking up for her. He's always giving Mackenzie props. Um, I think he really sees... I think, basically, I would bet that Jen is doesn't understand why Mackenzie's still with Ryan and thinks Mackenzie should leave Ryan. And I think Larry views Mackenzie as being very strong for being with Ryan and for supporting Ryan through all this. And I think Jen probably looks at it a little more like the rest of us, where we think Mackenzie's pretty pathetic in what she does. And I think Larry has that, like, she's so strong, she's so supportive, like, we should all be more like Mackenzie, type of mentality apparently neither Jen nor Larry are going to go visit the jail now someone on Reddit did figure out that Ryan's jail if he's where we assume he is or have been told he is does not do in-person visits anymore they only do video visits so basically the way that these jails are setting this up is I know like the Palm Beach County Jail is doing this I'm 99% sure I saw that Um, what happens is you can go to the jail and have a video visit in the jail and it's free or you can pay $15 or however much. That's, I read, and someone linked an article that specifically said $15 for a half hour session. Um, And you can basically, it's basically Skyping or FaceTiming. Um, I think that this is like inhumane. Personally, I'm like, deeply, deeply against video visits for prison, like deeply against them. Um, I think that touch is very important and that somebody that is in prison or jail, that being able to hug their loved ones, even if it's not like romantically, like a parent, even if it's like a parent or a child or whatever, but if it is your spouse, like being able to, even if it's just one hug and a kiss at the beginning of your visit and at the end of your visit, I think that that is like so important for a person's morale to be able to have physical touch. Um, I also think it's very important for the children. I, as I've talked about, like I have an ex-boyfriend that used to be in and out of county jail a lot, so I would go visit and I would see like, I mean, it's so sad, like people literally bringing their newborn babies to go meet their dads that are in county jail. Um, And the dad's getting to hold the newborn baby. Uh, Once he was, his block had visiting on the same night as the women's block because there was only there's just not as women, many women as prisons. So in the county jail, there's only one women's block. Oh my god! I mean, it was sad to watch little kids run to their dads, but like I could cry thinking about it. Watching children visiting their mothers in prison is like probably the most heartbreaking thing that you can ever see. Um, it's so 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 sad. It's especially sad because. They're never with their father or very rarely with their father. When it's a, when it's like dad's getting visitors, it's almost always the mother bringing the child in. And so in your head, you're like, okay, well, they live at home with their mom. Like, that's good. But when it's the mom that's in prison, um, it's almost always like a grandparent bringing the children in or like another woman, probably an aunt or a caretaker. And you're realizing that like their only parent (laughs) is in jail. Um, I think I've read something like a statistic once that the majority of mothers that are in prison are single mothers. So their children then have to go to a non-parent, which is just sad and heartbreaking. And that's not the case when men go to prison because, you know, patriarchy. <laughs> so yeah, I think that these video visits are inhumane. I think it's insane that at, like, a county jail, like, you cannot go see somebody, like, and sit face-to-face with them, even if it's behind glass. Um I also, although behind glass, like, gets rid of the human touch element, but I think behind, at least behind glass, like, you can see them in person. Um I also, if anybody that's ever dealt with jails and prisons, you know, they're, like, extremely unorganized and everything is always broken and or breaking. And I find it hard to believe that these video chats don't break all of the time. So, while it's possible that Jen and Larry are telling the truth and they actually did not go visit him, it's very possible that they've been doing video visits with him, which I would think is likely. Um, we see Mackenzie out at lunch or dinner with a friend. I thought she looked great, actually. I'm pretty sure that friend was her friend that's a professional photographer who takes the ugliest pictures ever. I hate her pictures. They're all so, so dark. They look so, so bad. So, Mackenzie... Says that she has been there physically every time that Ryan got arrested. That Ryan's been arrested three times, and she's been there physically with him every single time, which confuses me because I was under the impression at least once he was arrested in the car with like needles and baggies on him, like in plain view. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm just like picturing what I said to my friends when I was like, when I was Mackenzie and what they must have like been thinking and looking at me and like what the fuck is wrong with this girl and now I remember like why I like stopped hanging out with all of my friends or like talking to anybody about what was going on in my life because it was so embarrassing it was so crazy and I like listened to Mac be like well you know I was there all three times he was arrested and I don't deserve this and I don't there's nothing that I can do about it and it's like Oh, yes there is. Like, you can leave your husband. (laughs) Like, you don't have to be there to watch your husband get repeatedly arrested. (laughs) She also tells a story about going down to the jail and bringing the baby, even though she promised herself she wouldn't. And she screamed at the, like, the intake lady, the visitor intake lady, because... She brought the baby social security card, and the lady said that she needed the birth certificate. And she, I actually, like, as somebody who used to visit jails, like, I actually deeply understood what Mackenzie was saying here. I I once yelled at one of the guards. I don't remember what I yelled at him about, but it was this guy that was, like, such an asshole. He was there every week, and he said something to me as I was leaving. And I turned around and was like, I'm not an inmate. Don't speak to me that way. And the person next to me was like, (gasps) It's the only time I ever yelled, but I yelled at him. I wish I could remember what it was. It was something shitty. He just, like, said some really shitty comment to me, and I was like, I don't fucking think so. Um, Looking back, that's embarrassing. Like, it's embarrassing that I have these stories. I'm embarrassed for Mackenzie that she's, like, putting them on national television. At least mine were, like, done in the dark. (laughs) Yes, I'm talking about it here, but (laughs) my life's a lot different now. They weren't, why it was going on, being played out for millions to see and judge. Just the people in my life that eventually, I just, like, for the last two years, like, just never told anybody I sold a boyfriend. Because it was, like, too fucking ridiculous. But what was I saying? Oh, so she, the lady said that she needed a birth certificate. Mackenzie's like, but I needed a birth certificate to get this social security card. Like, you think that I just went and found a random baby and I happened to have a social security card with the last name that matches my last name with my license. And actually was, I thought it was funny. Like she had a point. She wasn't wrong. <sighs> uh, her friend is like, you don't deserve this. I wish I could just smack Ryan upside the head. And it's like, why don't you just tell him to tell her to leave? Oh, uh, Mackenzie. Mackenzie. Mackenzie is just so frustrating to watch because her life is 100% a mess of her own making and all she has to do to completely change this is leave Ryan. Like, yeah, her life will still be hard because she'll be a single mom again. She'll have two kids by two men. Like, she'll be 22 or however old she is with two divorces. Like, I get all that. That fucking sucks. But the constant chaos that she's in every single fucking day is 10 times worse than that and she's too stubborn to see it and that is wildly frustrating. So, the rest of the episode is about Maverick. He has a little stutter. It's very cute. We hear it and Macy takes Maverick to a speech pathologist who was very cute. I like want to date the speech pathologist. He was like that perfectly dorky, cute. I liked him. I liked the speech pathologist. Um, Macy Googled some stuff about what could cause a stutter, and it's like it could even be cerebral 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 palsy, and it's like your two year old does not have CP. Like you, you would know that, huh? I <laughs> uh, Macy, um, but yeah, they the speech pathologist isn't worried about Maverick's stutter. He basically says like it's normal developmental issue right now that Maverick is just getting ahead of himself when trying to answer questions and that they're doing everything right by just letting him answer not trying to rush him and not trying to correct him and that he'll probably grow out of it and that they should keep an eye on it at least that's what I think they said because apparently I didn't take notes beyond he says it's natural (laughs) I did write down that I desperately need Macy to update her look okay First of all, I noticed she's wearing that weird, I guess, knockoff Burberry scarf. I know Burberry does make those dark pattern scarves, but it doesn't look like cashmere to me or like a nice wool blend. Um, I mean, I'm all for an old Burberry scarf. I have a Burberry cashmere scarf that I've literally had since I was in the ninth grade. <laughs> I still remember when I got it, the Burberry store in New York City. <laughs> And I had, like, a certain amount of money that I could spend on this shopping trip that my mom took me on. And I used most of it to buy that Burberry scarf because I was a very spoiled child. And actually, I guess I was in 10th grade because I remember my brother was no, I was probably in, I was either in 9th or 10th grade. But, so, you know, it was, like, 2004, 2005. And that's how long I've had my Burberry scarf because it's now the year 2019. You know, it's still in great condition. Love it. The cashmere still feels great. So, look, I'm not knocking an old Burberry scarf, but that one uh, Macy's wearing just looks ugly. Sorry, not sorry. But her gauges are so, so, so bad. Uh, Jess from earlier in this episode pointed out that her ears most likely won't close if she takes them out. But I don't care. Take them out and get that fucking surgery and get your ears stitched back together. Because you're almost 30 years old and they don't look good. Maybe she got closed ones. They wouldn't look so bad. Look, I don't don't care. I hate gauged ears. I think they are ugly. They gross me out. If you have gauged ears, you know I'm a judgmental bitch anyway. So don't get upset at me. Different strokes. (laughs) I think also I just hate Macy's clothes. And I thought I hated her hair color. But I think, actually, her hair color is probably okay. The issue is, is that her spray tan is so fucking bad, being that, like, bright, bright, bright orange. Like, it's dead winter when they're filming this scene, right? And Macy is, like, Donald Trump orange. And it's just not, it's not good, and it makes her hair color look bad. Also, her hair is too fine and stringy to be that long. I just desperately need Macy to, like, totally change it up. I bet Macy would look cool with a pixie cut. That's what I want Macy to do. I want Macy to get a pixie cut. I bet she would look cool as shit. She should go on America's Next Top Model and bank Banks should make her cut her hair. But yeah, I just really want Macy to, like, transition more into a more grown-up look. Like, I'm not saying she needs to, like, dress her age. Like, it's not so much that. I just would like to see her, like, move out of whatever she wears now <laughs> and into something better. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel like she's been dressing exactly the same way since she came on the show. And it's starting to look like really 2009 and we're in 2019, if you guys feel me. And that's it for Macy. Maverick is a little cutie. Okay, let's go on to Kate and Tyler, where baby Veda baby veda luma is there as you guys know i think luma is a very weird fucking name but i still deeply love the name veda i stand my girl why can't he see without his glasses where his glasses i love my girl so much and i like the name veda although i don't love the spelling but you know who cares and also like middle names don't matter I see people on, like, I like to read the Name Nerd subreddit. And people fucking obsess over middle names. And, like, I get it. And, like, I give, like, Chelsea shit for the middle name Eddie for Lane. But, like, my middle name has zero impact on my life whatsoever. The only time I'm, your middle name matters is when you're a child. <laughs> because, like, when you're a kid, like, kids care about what your middle name is. And you ask each other what your middle name is. Or you, like, write a, f- like... Katie, if you're listening, um, remember we used to write each other notes and I would always write Katherine Stewart Paisley. I just doxed you. I just said your full name, but I would always write your full name on notes. Or if you were in the BBYO youth group that I was in during elections, we used to chant if you were the winner and then also other times, like we would chant the person's full name, <laughs> Like, I always think of my best friend, Thea, by her, like, the full chanted version of her name. But, like, they would be like, Elizabeth Ruth Bentley! Elizabeth Ruth Bentley! Like, if you did something good, they would chant your full name like that. That's literally the only time in your life your middle names matters. So, who cares if Luma's an ugly middle name? Veda is a fine name. So, Veda's on her way. Kate's due in two weeks, but the baby could come at any time. And they want Butch to be there, so Tyler calls Butch, and he invites him to come, and Butch is like, you know, I only have $40 on, like, in my account, and I'm like, why do you only have $40 in your account? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me, because Butch is supposedly at this point sober, marijuana maintenance sober, and he's living in his girlfriend's house, so like, what, why does he have no money? he's been sober for a while and he doesn't seem to have a lot of expenses because he has a girlfriend that's paying for him. And Tyler's like, no, like, we want you to come. Like, obviously we'll take care of it. And Butch is like, okay, okay, just let me know. Uh, The baby comes and they play really dramatic music and seem to get Nova really stressed out because he's like, Tyler's like, Nova, come on, come on, get out of the car, get out of the car, come on, go to the car, go to the car. And Nova's like starts to freak out, understandably. Like, Caitlin's water didn't even break at that point. She was, like, having contractions. Like, there was no need to stress Nova out like that. So, then the baby's born. They don't have the film crew there, which I thought was great. And we saw some really cute home footage. I actually thought the segment was, like, really nice. (laughs) Like, everybody meeting the baby. Amber was there. That was good. We saw Nova with the baby. It It was cute. I was actually... I'm happy for them when they don't have MTV in the room. I think that that is... It shows that they're, like, progressing in their life. <laughs> when they're like, no, you can't come in our room and we're not going to give you footage. Although, do we talk about this? The reason, remember when I was shocked that Chelsea was included? Um, Chelsea included, like, birth footage. But then she wrote online that MTV wasn't in the room. She had a personal uh, videographer in the room to film it. And they used that footage. Which, I guess is okay. I mean, people have been filming births forever. Like, I don't know if I ever need to see anybody's birth, but I guess if you want to save that, like, that's lovely. Good for you. Um, Because remember, I was, like, shocked at how much Elaine's birth we saw, and I'm still shocked that she gave MTV that footage. So they leave the hospital and come home, and they are bummed about Butch being MIA. Kate tells the producer that her birth was, like, she pushed 1.5 times. With Carly, she was in labor for, like, five hours. With Nova, it was a lot. And then this baby, like, flew right out of her. It took no time at all. Kate seems really bonding so far with the baby. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but she was, like, holding the baby. She seems happy. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Kate lately, guys. <laughs> I'm all in on Kate. Uh, Did you guys notice that they were showing two different exterior shots of the house? The house now is, like, a darker blue, which, as I said last week, like, I love. But before they painted it this color, it was, like, a lighter blue or, like, an off-white. And they keep switching between those two exterior shots. But, you know, Team Mom has never cared about continuity. (laughs) So we shouldn't expect it from them. Anyway, Kim comes over and... Oh, throughout this episode, like, there have been... At least, I think there was at least two times before this, where Kate was saying, like, I just don't understand why Butch like wouldn't want to be here for the birth of his granddaughter. It's the first time that he was like out in the free world when one of his grandchildren were born. And Tyler just, I think, in a really smart attitude, smart isn't intelligent, not smart isn't like wise Alec, is like, look, we're not drug addicts. Like we cannot think like him. Like we do not understand the way that he thinks. And you guys know that I say that all the time about, like, Janelle and trying to apply rational thought to Janelle. And it's the same thing, like, Kate's trying to apply rational thought to Butch and I understand kind of why she's doing it because Butch is supposedly sober and a sober person should be able to have rational rational thought applied to them. But what Tyler's saying is, like, None of his decisions will ever make sense and there's no point comparing his decisions to our decisions because we're not drug addicts. And I'm like, "Yes, Tyler, you know what? They're both doing so much better this season. Tyler seems to be in a really good place with this butch stuff." So, Kim comes over and she's heated about Butch. She Kim has always, at least in my memory, And this is why I really want to rewatch Team Omoji, because I just don't have that many memories of it. But Kim has always taken a pretty soft stance on Butch, as in, like, not trashing him, being like, well, you know how your dad is. Yeah, that sucks. He's really messing up. That really stinks. Like, I wish he could be here. It really sucks that he's not here. Like, she's always kind of taken a, like, just, like, not a fuck you stance to Butch, basically. And she calls Butch an idiot. (laughs) She's like, he's an idiot. And I was like, oh, shit. She just never really, like, attacked him this clearly that I can remember. Um, She always, obviously, like, was like, he's in the wrong. He's doing wrong. But it was never full on. I think she just very much just didn't want, didn't need to attack him. Like, his actions spoke for himself and was probably more important to just be a support to Tyler and Amber than it was to bash Butch. At least on camera. So she says, like, she's like, I never want to see him again. And Tyler's like, this stuff just isn't important to him. And Kim's like, I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense. And Tyler repeats, like, well, you're not a drug addict. Like, it also doesn't make sense that he chose drugs over his kids over and over again. And Kim sent Butch a text or an email. It was really fucking long. So I assumed it was an email. But I actually don't know. But she fucking drags him in this email Basically calls him a piece of shit, says, like, she could not believe that he wouldn't want to be there for his fifth grandchild for the first opportunity to have, he had to be there, that she used to just want him to get better, and she used to hope for him so much, and she's known him since she was 16 or 15, and now she's in her 50s for the first time in her life. She has no hope in him ever getting better, and that he's dead to her. (laughs) She cut him off, and that she tells him that you are dead to me. And she's like, tears up a little bit at the end. And I was really proud of him. I think it needed to be said. And Tyler was really proud of her, too. He was like, I know that was really hard for you to write, and I'm proud of you. You know what? I thought it was kind of good because Tyler didn't get into at least that we saw, like, a bashing butch, like, not competition, but bashing Butch, like, convo so much with Kim. He wasn't like, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck Butch. I hope he dies. Like, he was just like, that was good. I support your decision. Like, he didn't need to add on to it. And I think that's really great. And anyway, guys, that's it for this week. Oh, I hit a minute. (laughs) I mean, an hour, a minute. (laughs) Oh, I just slammed the mic. Sorry. I love you guys. Have a good week. I'll see you next week. Let's hope it's better. If it's not better, I'm going to do a vintage recap and skip the new recap. Anyway, bye! This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash